Want to buy Bitcoin with your IRA? Don't waste your time on expensive IRA custodians. A strategy called a QRP is as easy as writing a check. Find out how. Text 44222 and type QRP book. That's one word. And get a free book that explains everything. Again, that's 44222 QRP book. One word. It's the easiest way to make Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies part of your retirement. Welcome to the future. You're listening to the Consensus Network. Consensus Network. Consensus Network. With Buck Joffrey. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Consensus Network Weekly News. We're doing something a little bit different this week. This is my first uh, uh, trial on the Facebook Facebook Live uh, stream. I've actually never done this for any show before or any personal stuff. I know people are doing this like, uh, you know, all day long, but this is new to me. So hopefully this works. But um, I want to be able to give you the news live as well. And if you miss out on this or you want to hear it again, of course, go to Consensus Network. Uh, find that podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. You can find it on YouTube, wherever you want. And you will find this, uh, this show about cryptocurrency and uh, blockchain, Bitcoin, distributed ledger technology, the whole nine yards. So uh, today is uh, Wednesday, October 17th. Uh, the market cap in uh, cryptocurrency market capitalization rate today is $211 billion and Bitcoin is priced approximately $6,444 on Coinbase. And this week's headlines include Fidelity announcing a new custody trading service. Tether is untethering. And Bitcoin, is it correlated or not? That's what you're going to hear all about today on the Consensus Network Crypto News. Now, there isn't much more exciting than cryptocurrency, but there are old-fashioned ways of creating wealth outside of Wall Street that have been used by the wealthiest families in the world for generations. And that's what my other podcast is all about. It's called Wealth Formula Podcast. Now, if you've made a lot of money in crypto and don't know what to do next, this show might actually answer a lot of those questions, too. Again, it's Wealth Formula Podcast with me, Buck Joffrey. Welcome back, everyone. Now, the first, uh, first bit of news I want to talk about today is that Fidelity which you might know about. Of course, you know about Fidelity, right? I mean, everybody who has money in the markets, et cetera, probably knows about Fidelity. It's a big brokerage firm. It announced a new custody and trading service. So by now you noticed a theme. If you've been listening to this show or watching me in the last few weeks, I've told you about Bakt. I told you about Bakt, which was the, um, which is the new platform that is coming out from the Intercontinental Exchange, the owners of the New York Stock Exchange. I've already, I've also told you about the pending ETF from Van Eck and the Chicago Board of Options Exchange. You've also heard about Yale University investing in crypto and TD Ameritrade's investment in a Bakht competitor called ErisX, right? So how about we add a few more, how about we add a few more names to that list this week? Okay, we're going to add Bloomberg Financial. We're going to add Galaxy Digital. 
and we're going to add Fidelity Investments. So this week, three companies hosted, these three companies hosted a seminar uh, called Institutional Crypto Laying the Foundation. Sounds like what we've been talking about all along, right? Well, there was another big announcement at this meeting, and that was that Fidelity announced an enterprise-grade custody and trading service that is supposed to be operational in 2019. So Fidelity, add them to the list. Now, Galaxy Digital, uh, who I also mentioned, is the world's biggest crypto hedge fund and is run by a guy by the name of Mike Novogratz. Uh, Novogratz said that Galaxy will be Fidelity's first customer for custodianship, which is a big deal. So basically, you have the biggest crypto fund in the world and the biggest name in traditional investing, arguably, getting married. And what does that do? That shows a symbolic marriage, right? A symbolic bridge and closure of the gap between the traditional and crypto markets. And so that is a big deal. Also in the news, Tether. Tether is untethering. So let me tell you what Tether is, okay? It's a great idea in, in concept. So a few years back, um, you know, it was this token that was pegged to the U.S. dollar. And it had an important function in that it helped people get in and out of crypto, you know, various assets, Bitcoin, whatever they want, without having to leave the crypto market entirely and go back into fiat, right? So it basically allowed you to, uh, it was this token that was pegged to the dollar. It's a great idea and concept, particularly before this year in the U.S., because consideration before this tax year in 2018 was that anything that was traded um, in cryptocurrency were like asset exchanges. So you didn't have to pay capital gains necessarily. I'm not a tax. I'm not a CPA. So don't take my word for it. But that's my understanding of the rule. And this year, any trade is considered, you know, capital gains or capital losses or whatever. So the, the, the whole thing was really important and it, it was convenient. Um, but of course, in order to do so, Tether promised that it would keep a one-to-one -one ratio of U.S. dollars in the bank that was commensurate with the amount of Tether it issued. Now, the problem is that there is no transparency um, from Tether. There have been no audits. Um, there's been no proof that those dollars exist. And the situation is complicated by the fact that Tether has a sister company called Bitfinex. So those of you in the crypto world probably have heard of Bitfinex, but it is a major trading platform. And it has the same CEO uh, with, with Tether, right? So some people think that some of these Tether tokens were actually created out of thin air and then put onto Bitfinex to artificially increase the price of Bitcoin. Now, there have been government subpoenas sent to Tether from financial regulators, but we still don't know the truth. But what we do know is that money suddenly is fleeing Tether and price seems to have unpegged. We call it breaking the dollar because it went down to 93 cents at its low. That's not a peg anymore. And that money seems to be going straight into Bitcoin and propping up those prices somewhat as it stands because we were down close to, again, down to 6,100 last week before all of this happened. So my advice, something going on, 
get away from Tether. If you have anything in Tether, get out of there. I would get out of Bitfinex. In fact, Bitfinex is not allowing any US dollars going in to that exchange. So there's a big question mark about the solvency of that entire exchange. So if you have anything on Bitfinex, get out of there right now because we don't know what's going on. By the way, this whole concept of that stable coin, right? That's what Tether is. It was supposed to be a stable coin. It was uh, pegged to the dollar. That whole thing, um, you don't need it anymore anyway. I mean, you've got other options, notably the one I talked about a few weeks ago uh, from Gemini, from the Winklevoss twins, um, which is a new stable coin that is actually backed by the FDIC, the same insurance, the government insurance that protects your money if you have your money in an American bank. And that, of course, is a much better option. Anyway, that is the story there. Now, the third thing I want to talk about today, it's not necessarily a headline uh, out there, but it's something that I noticed, okay? So the question is whether Bitcoin is correlated to the rest of the equity markets, et cetera, or is it not? So this is a little bit of an opinion piece and it isn't news, but it's something I've been thinking about because a lot of Bitcoin and crypto evangelists consider it, you know, Bitcoin uncorrelated. They consider it uncorrelated to the equity markets. And in that sense, they see it as digital gold. So when markets are crashing, uh, what typically happens is you see you see all this money flee into gold as a safe haven, and arguably, if that's the case, and Bitcoin is digital gold, then you should see money fleeing into uh, Bitcoin the same way. But what we saw over the last week was we saw the Dow plunge because we had interest rates going up. We had the end of uh, quantitative easing, essentially. Um, happening in the last couple of weeks. And we saw the Dow plunge several hundred points. Of course, it's rebounded since then. But frankly, Bitcoin came down with it. So, of course, this is anecdotal and there's no statistics to back it up. It's just something that I noticed because there was nothing necessarily going on in the crypto world that would have dropped Bitcoin 400 points, which is essentially what happened within a, a very short period of time. So my thought is I suspect that right now, the reality is that Bitcoin is in fact, is correlated to other markets, um, uh, to the equity markets in particular, because I think most US investors, first world investors in general, would see Bitcoin as a speculative investment still at this point in its evolution, okay? And I say first world countries and the U.S. because, of course, if you're in Venezuela or you're somewhere with a lousy currency, uh, Bitcoin is, is, becomes a safe haven. So this is, I'm talking about specifically dollars coming in from first world countries where there is presumably strong fiat. Um, anyway, uh, speculative investments, of course, are not a safe haven. In fact, they're sort of the opposite they are usually the first thing that gets sold off when people are scared, when they're worried. But that all being said, I think that my opinion is that Bitcoin over time, and I'm not even talking a long time, I can talk in maybe 12 months to 24 months when you see all of these 
Wall Street players in there and Bitcoin becomes commoditized and, and becomes just another way to uh, store value. I think when that happens, that that thesis that Bitcoin is in fact digital gold um, will become likely become true. And at that point, it becomes uncorrelated. But right now, I'm not sure I agree that that's the case. And I know that is a controversial statement from someone within the, I guess what the crypto community would say. But um, if you disagree with me, I would love uh, to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, speaking of which, here's an easy way to do that. So if you go to consensusnetwork.io, you can go on there and leave a message, um, a voice message, uh, a question, a comment about the show. You can also go to consensusnetwork.io and just leave, you know, in, uh, a message uh, there. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be a voice message either. Um, just telling us what your question is in writing and I'll read it on the show. And uh, of course, if you don't want to go to the website, that's fine too. Just email me, info at consensusnetwork.io. Again, uh, make sure to go to that website, consensusnetwork.io, for the tutorials and sign up for our newsletter. And also follow the links. And, uh, you know, if, if you listen to the show, you like it, I would appreciate a five-star review on iTunes because that's really what makes this show uh, go up in the rankings. That's it for me today on Consensus Network Crypto News. This is Buck Joffrey signing off.